Coming up next, America Votes, modeling with AP's real-time election data. The AP is a definitive source for independent journalism from every corner of the globe. As Global Director of Vertical Products, Brian Scanlon oversees the operations of AP's election services team and evaluates market trends to develop new content strategies for presenting election results. Joining him for the discussion is strategic advisor Jerry Mintz, who helps firms like AP create new revenue streams by adding value and utility to their data and embedding it into key customer workflow products. And now, please welcome your moderator, Battlefin co-founder Mark Lupresti. Hey folks, good morning and welcome to uh, the ongoing day two, Battlefin's July Discovery Day Rethinking Everything, focused on data and the upcoming elections. Not unlike the rest of 2020, uh, the election season and cycle is anticipated to be unlike any that we have seen uh, in past history, uh, notwithstanding uh, how unprecedented 2016 and other prior elections uh, uh, may have been. Um, and I'm very pleased to be joined this morning uh, by uh, Jerry and Brian um, from AP, who are going to talk about and focus on uh, exit polling and the techniques that are currently being used to gauge and anticipate election outcomes, particularly on the day of the big event. Um, so, uh, Brian and Jerry, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're excited about a, a, a panel here that will undoubtedly be uh, informative. Um, I see we're also joined by Dwayne, uh, also from Associated Press, so apologies, Dwayne, for leaving you out of the intro. But why don't I turn it over to you, Brian, to uh, do a quick introduction of, of the three professionals that we have on this panel, and then we'll jump into the data. Sure. Uh, thank you very much, uh, and thank everybody for the opportunity. This is... Uh, something that's uh, slightly new to us. So we're always uh, excited to get in front of a new group of uh, people and people who are gonna look at our data differently. I, I think it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity, so I very much appreciate it. So with me today, I have uh, Dr. Jerry Mintz, who has uh, worked for the Associated Press, helping us understand this market a little bit better and put some of our products and services in the overall context of, of you know, things like signals and other things that you know, to a media company might be a, a bit of a pivot. And then uh, Dwayne Desania, who really uh, services this market for the Associated Press, among others, but this is a, a real key point of focus for him and, and is really has a very uh, high understanding of what are the value propositions in the market. Mark, I, I thought we were gonna maybe start with a poll as I uh, pull up my, um, uh, my deck uh, so if you guys can answer the question. So, you know, will your firm uh, be modeling or analyzing data to predict the outcome of the election? Uh, you know, it's something we obviously do at the AP in declaring winners, but anxious to see what uh, your guys' plans are, and I'll pull up our, our deck. So, what I'm going to go over today really quickly, I, I think I have seven slides, nine if you count the, the, the slide and the one at the end, uh, but really to kind of highlight two data sets and really go over those. So, what we're going to do is run through what is called our AP VoteCast, and to correct one element of it, it isn't an exit poll, it's better. It's designed to actually address the, some of the flaws and inconsistencies that we saw with exit polling, traditional legacy exit polling over the past few election cycles, and then talk about the actual election results data itself. So this is gonna be a very, very high level overview, and then I'm hopeful as we get into discussions, uh, we can get into some more details 
And I'm very excited uh, and hopefully a lot of you will take opportunities to sign up for separate sessions after this so that we can really dig in and learn a little bit more about your needs. You know, we have a lot of data, but it's about your workflows. So we wanna make sure we're thinking about it in those terms. So AP VoteCast, that's our replacement for the legacy exit poll. The legacy exit poll was really built for a different time. Even prior to the pandemic, prior to everything, what you see with exit polling is in 2016, for example, you had over 40%, almost 43% of the electorate vote in advance of election day in some form or another. Mostly absentee early voting. So when you have a, a, a poll that's designed to interview people as they're exiting the polls, you're gonna have more and more challenges on accurately capturing those. There's also some biases in who will talk to the media. As you can imagine, those voters who identify themselves as conservative or right-leaning or even identified with the Tea Party at the time, they're gonna be less likely to talk to some guy with a keyboard representing the media outside. So you had a, a left-leaning bias in the data uh, to begin with. And then, you know, one of the other things is, is we've tested this. This is tried, you know, in the last, it started in 2017, we had a very interesting Senate race in Alabama, still an interesting Senate race in Alabama this year, but we were able to really test it there and then tested it all throughout uh, 2018 and I can get into that. So it really is a modern methodology that's designed, as I said, for how America votes today. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that we designed the thing with a pandemic in mind, a global pandemic, but what we did build it in mind was that there was gonna be a shift in how people vote. Now, the pandemic has put all that accelerated, what I assume would happen over a couple cycles into a couple months, but it's really designed to interview people through a large internet panel and a telephone survey. So we were never reliant on exit polls. So as states shift to vastly higher numbers of mail-in voting and fewer and fewer in-person voting, this is built to accommodate that. And it's based on a ton of research. We've always partnered with NORC at the University of Chicago. We have a whole opinion research center set up with them. And we went to them and said, hey, how do we build this thing so that it can do it? And it delivers highly accurate predictive data and key findings on voter sentiment. So you kind of have two elements always of a poll of voters. Does it tell you who's gonna win? And does it tell you why? What were the key drivers? What were the issues? And then breaking those key drivers and issues down by key demographic groups. And one of the other things that with a legacy exit poll that we really look to fix is you can imagine in 2016, not everybody was predicting Michigan and Wisconsin being as important as it was. Okay. I'd love to tell you I did. I didn't. Right. So you wouldn't have planned a huge poll, a huge operation there. With AP VoteCast, the fact that we're in every single state, when that pops up again, and the traditional view of battleground states shifts from 28 that you're gonna be looking at, six that you're gonna look at heavily, we're in every single state. So we're really positioned to shift and provide data in at least 40 of the states where it's deep enough to really dive into the elements within that state. You have states like South Dakota and everywhere else where I'm never gonna get a big enough sample for you. But that's really one of the key elements. So it's Brian, a random- jump to the poll for a second and see what- Sure, please, please pop it up. So yes, great. So we have 42% of you and we got to put our hat, 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 our hard hat on for the other 58% and get you to, to do this. So we will, we will do that. But thank you for that. And thanks for reminding me to, to pull it up. So what is it? It's a random uh, sample survey registered voters with a massive poll conducted online. We'll do over 125,000 interviews and surveys. Just to put that in perspective, when you look at your normal monthly right direction, wrong track, presidential approval poll, that's a thousand with a margin of error of about 3.5%. So this is gigantic compared to that. We do questions in English and in Spanish. 
And interviews are conducted by mail, phone, and online until the moments the polls close. So we're in the field for about six days, and then we go all the way up until the first poll close time at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern on uh, November 3rd. So how'd it do? So you look at 2018, we were off by two percentage, two tenths of a percent on what the overall vote numbers were gonna be when we predicted it for uh, all of the US House races, which was the big story, was it, were they gonna hang on to it, what was gonna happen? And, yeah, and we were about 94% on what we wanted to uh, really look at um, for the projections that we had at 5 p.m., which is the first time you're really getting data where you wanna look at, at what this does for voter choice. Now 94%, kind of in that A to A minus range, <laughs> big deal. But when you compare that to, you know, you're looking at an 83 to 80% with legacy exit poll. So it's a dramatic increase in improvement and enhancement and performance. So the next I'm gonna kind of get into the vote count. So the AP has been doing this for a while. 1848, we did Zachary Taylor. Now I haven't been involved in all of them since then. It just feels like it at times, but it really is the largest endeavor of journalism taken on over a 36 hour period. We're gonna cover over 7,000 races down to state legislature in each state. And we declare winners all the way down the ballot. Now that might not be as important to everybody in the audience, but why it is important is the level of expertise we have in each state as we declare winners. So we're not just carving out the national sexy races. We're really digging deep into the details, which all roll up and, and help you understand the nuanced elements that might be a super close Senate race that could decide the balance of power in the Senate. So it's a, it, it might be like, oh, I don't need that data element, but it's really important of how much it influences our expertise. So the real-time results unfiltered. So, you know, when you're watching one of the cable news channels or everything else, you're getting the presentation that they want you to see. This is a raw data. You can take it in and, and do what you want with it. Um, early voting numbers, we'll be able to provide our subscribers with really detailed early voting numbers that we'll be updating each week as we get close to the general election, how many mail-in ballots, what that did. And the thing with mail-in voting, for a lot of states, it's going to be something new for them, but it's not something new for the Associated Press. We've been doing this a long time, and we have huge history of states that have been vast majority mail-in states for a long time. So we know how to process it, ask the right questions of the counties, and, and really get the information that we need. And then the other thing is, is that we have a treasure trove of data uh, that is time stamped on past elections for your modeling, predictive signals, looking at all those things, where we can tell you here's when these things have reported in the past. That's got to be a little more nuanced because we're going to have a lot more mail-in, but it does give you a real interesting thing on, on a sense of how the night flows and how it has traditionally flowed. So by each reporting unit, we can tell you here's when they reported by candidate, by race, because you don't just get all the races, same numbers, obviously, right? So different races have different, different things, but that timestamp data is a real, it's something we get requested for a lot. And I think it's a, it's a very valuable data element. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I know I'm going to kind of slip back to a little bit more journalism than just data provider here is it's a source free of any political influence. You know, we've, we've all, we're not some huge software company that maybe has PAC contributions. Everybody who works in elections is vetted. So we really are just interested in getting the truth out there. So it's an unfiltered, unfiltered data set. It's backed by decades of editorial and technical expertise. I can tell you, my colleagues and I have been at this a long, long time, all of our adult lives. And we test uh, really thoroughly and we, we do ton of research on how all this is gonna play out. What are the provisional ballot rules? What are all the absentee voting rules? What are all the mail-in voting? 
if, they're, if it is too close to call? What are the mandatory recounts? So we're not just a, a data provider on the night. We're a full research provider that can help you position yourself. And the other thing is we scrimmage hard. And it's one of the real elements that we really want to work with our customers on so that you can inspect what you expect on election night. So we, we test six weeks out and we run hard every possible scenario, making sure that you guys can come so that you can do that. And that's really something we work very closely on helping people sort the data in, in a meaningful way uh, for them. And that's my, uh, my full deck and wanted to get through it quickly so we could get to the, the questions. So fire away. Uh, well, a terrific presentation. Thank you very much, Brian. Um, and, and certainly a lot of questions that flow from that. So AP's reputation and history obviously is, is not an issue. And the success rate, the numbers that you cited in prior elections kind of speak for themselves. So I'm not going to focus my questions on whether or not you get the job done, because it would appear that you do, but on how you get the job done. And in, in particular, um, I'm curious because we deal with a lot of sentiment-related data providers on the Battlefin platform, and a lot of what you guys are doing with this next-generation polling um, qualifies as sentiment, right? Trying to understand how people feel and how it was expressed by the vote that they cast. What, how do you guys make sure that the responses you're getting from your polling uh, participants are accurate? Because I, I think back to 16 and you had a lot of talk around uh, people not being particularly honest and being embarrassed to say that they voted for Trump and lying about that. And therefore, you know, the numbers throughout the night perhaps didn't come out, you know, necessarily as expected. There was some there were some surprises in some districts. Can you comment on that? How you make sure that you're getting accurate and honest answers and we haven't really heard from Jerry or Dwayne yet, so I'll make that a jump ball. Whoever on the team wants to answer it, uh, please do. I can provide an initial answer, and if, if the others want to jump in and provide some flavor. Um, yeah, 2016 polling was a challenge. Um, it's why we built AP VoteCast. It's really designed, uh, first of all, only interviewing registered voters. So we are getting people who are going to be involved in the process throughout an entire period of time and whose opinions are a little more set. Also, it's the value of doing a gigantic stratified random sample. So you can kind of weed out some of the, the outliers. And we, we went back and really tightened up and focused the likely voter screen, which I think was one of the main things you were seeing in the polls going into 2016. Also, it completely underestimated um, how many Republicans came home. I think you had really high undecided numbers going into those last couple weeks. And polls tend to stop before the last couple of weeks. So it was a snapshot in time, not a snapshot really close to the actual decision-making time for a certain percentage of the electorate. And you could say from, and it's also the, why national polls can be gigantically misleading, right? It showed, she, it showed Hillary had a win. She won the popular vote. It didn't show the state-by-state -state analysis of, the, of tying it to the electoral college, which is a key element of what we do and what we designed our poll into. It's not to just look at the popular vote but to really be tied into the Electoral College, because that's the scoreboard that matters. Okay. Dr. Mintz or Dwayne, anything to add to that? Yep. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was, I was muted. Um, yeah, I think just, just kind of to amplify a little bit about, uh, about that and how that rolls into the, the products, the, the, vote, um, the vote cast data is released you know, close to the time when all the polls are going to close, when the polls begin to close. And that data 
is highly predictive and it includes a lot of demographic information. So if somebody has done modeling in advance and is now looking to say, well, are the people who have voted or have told you how they voted, how does that compare? Is it suburban women? Is it, you know, urban prof young professionals, whatever segments that they've modeled and done, you know, thinking about and, and maybe looked at sentiment and all that, if they're trying to predict where the election is going to end up, that's the next link is, is linked to the details of who voted and, or who, and, and what they said they, they did. And then that links into the vote count, which is actually a completely modelable um, uh, uh, set of data that allows you to figure out um, and call, call an election in a, in a district um, just when a few votes have come in because you have the history and you understand how the demographics are, are playing out. So there's a lot of subtleties available to people doing modeling under the covers to put this data to work. Is there, this is going to be a quick one because we're, we're eating up the clock very quickly here. Um, is there any alternative intelligence component that's helping you analyze what the feedback is you're getting? Yeah, again, one of the benefits of the AP is we have this huge 50 state bureau network, right, where we're in there. So we, we really do listen to our political reporters to really pick up on nuances on the ground. You talked about 2016. I think that was one of the big things people got wrong is, is they weren't talking to the people on the ground. Right. You, you can look at you can look at I mean, you know, there's a famous, you know, thing about people counts uh, count signs in people's yards. Yeah. And that's a more accurate predictor than than any survey you're going to see out there. And, and what that gets at is that sentiment, that word you use, it's really key about what's going on at the ground and the fact that we have political reporters everywhere picking that up, you know, and, and I'm on the call. So you should hear them disagree. They're like, I don't know what you're looking at, buddy. I see it completely different where I'm, where I'm sitting. You know, even Dwayne and I had a discussion about that, about the use of the, the term shy Trump voters. I, I don't know where there is a shy Trump voter, but, um, you know, it, it is, you know, maybe a secretive Trump voter might be a better way to put it. But, you know, it's it's you need that you, you need that sentiment on the ground. And that's one of the benefits of having reporters. So when you talk about sentiment on the ground, has traditional exit polling been completely eliminated from the process or do you still have some people with clipboards? in addition to what sounds like the pure journalistic and news component of it that you just referenced? Yeah, I'm sure there will be some uh, organizations that, that will be attempting to do in-person interviews. I think they'll um, experience uh, a very accelerated and almost hyper intensity on some of the biases that they saw before just because it's gonna be fewer numbers. But, but is it part of your process, Brian? No, it everything that we do, it is not. We, he is eliminating uh, it completely. Yeah, and what, we'll, what we will do, though, is, is from the huge panel that we have, we do call individual voters who have identified themselves as being willing to be called uh, and uh, interview them. So, you know, we do interview actual voters. It's just, uh, you know, we're not sitting there with a clipboard outside of a, a place. We just found it's, it's impossible almost to get a scientific sample out of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so it sounds like you guys, as you said at the top of the panel today, AP was already moving or skating where the puck is going, to use a massively overused expression on Wall Street, that you guys were moving from the in-person to the online model of conducting, uh, you know, this, this, this polling work with your vote cast and vote count uh, uh, data products and the analytics that go behind that. Were you ready 
for what we anticipate to be a level of absentee ballot participation that is, at most would say, undoubtedly going to be uh, a, a very significant component with people, particularly in pandemic hotbed states and regions, not wanting to go to a polling center and stand shoulder to shoulder or six feet apart, as the case may be, with their fellow voters. How, how are you guys compensating for that? Well, two things I'd say to that is we have a full team that this is all they do is reach out to handle changes in how people vote, constantly doing research. So we have a whole professional research team. So were we, were we prepared or anticipated the volume? No. Do we have a structure in place that can absorb it? Yes. And then the other part is, is the AP VoteCast poll itself. So in that first release of data around 4 p.m. that afternoon, 5 p.m. as we get data, you'll know how people voted. So that's the other thing is it's a giant predictive element. So if I'm talking to my decision desk at the AP, the first question I'm going to get from them is, Whoa, 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 whoa. Tell me about this vote we have in. How much of it is absentee? How much of it is in person? What do we expect to get? What's going on here? So the poll is going to be able to help folks give that information. And that, I think, dovetails very much to the predictive data market where you're going to really want to know, what am I looking at here? Yeah, this is a number, but I don't know what it means unless I can put it in the context of the outstanding vote. So our research structure that we have in place and then the AP VoteCast poll itself addresses that because we're going to know the mode of voting, which is going to be mostly mail-in. The other thing is, is a key element to this that people should be very, very aware of is if a state has a requirement to have it received by versus postmarked by, right? That's a very different thing. So if I can get it by election night and they can release it, that's very different than what you see in New York State now where they're still going since June 23rd, <laughs> you know, where, because it didn't, there wasn't a, a definitive date on when they had to be received by. So th those are the elements that we'll be looking at and providing information. Do you, so do you guys, and I'm going to rapid fire a little bit more with four minutes or less left on the clock. Do you guys believe that the amount of the, of the absentee ballot, the, 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 the mail-in postmarked or received by or all this, is it going to be sufficient enough to make the outcome of this thing, notwithstanding what Trump may do and challenge and this and that with some of the polls, uh, the questions that we had on the last panel, which was terrific, by the way, um, is it going to be enough to be a too close to call situation? I don't think we know enough yet. And I don't want to give you the, you know, the, the overly used depends answer, right? But it does depend. And I think we're going to know a lot more. One of the benefits is that we have about 20 state primaries left because of the way the calendar got all moved around. So we're going to have a better sense of how the state states are handling it. And simply put, they got to get their act together. Way more than they've had it in some of these primaries. It's been terrible. So they really need to, to improve how they do it. I mean, you saw it in Georgia, you saw it even in Kentucky, New York's been what it is. So that's the other part too, is we'll, we'll see an opportunity for them to fine tune. But it also isn't just how many, it's where, right? If it's New York or California, I can tell you, the, I, can, I can declare the presidential race with a lot of certainty. Uh, if it's uh, Florida, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, <laughs> Michigan. And again, not to destroy my earlier point, that's where the assumption is that can change. But those are the states that if it's close there, you're going to be right. And, and Mark, <laughs> I just want to ride. With one, one thought, just, um, you know, Brian spent a lot of time talking about the design of the polls, et cetera. But for people who want to model the election, either to trade overnight for hedging or proprietary trading, a lot of thought has gone into the availability, first of all, of decades of history of how the votes you know, fill up the buckets. 
uh, and there's and the uh, very low latency delivery of the data for people who have built a model and want to look at specific districts and see, you know, is this district going to flip the uh, the seat to the Senate or is this going to flip the Electoral College uh, vote for that particular state? And uh, to be able to model all that and then make decisions as the data are coming in in real time. And so the first big tranche of data is the, the, the vote cast data comes in. So you know all the predictions and then you start watching the votes, counting the votes coming in and can, uh, you know, we have historically a number of hedge funds have, have used that as a way to, uh, to hedge portfolios and trade. And so that's kind of the area that I've been focused on and AP has just done a terrific architecture for doing it. Well, Dr. Mintz, I really appreciate that. And it was almost as if we were uh, on a mind link because that was my precise next question. Because what we try to do at Battlefin, uh, not only in our day-to-day -day business, but certainly in our, our, our webinar uh, series and our, our live events, which we hope to get back to soon and when it's safe, is to try to explain to our audience how this data is actionable uh, and how traders can actually use that and use, in this instance, the real-time feed that's provided by AP to actually position their portfolios and trade while it's going on. I got one minute left on the clock, one question left to ask. It's one that's gotta be asked, uh, in my humble opinion, um, and I'm going to give you 30 to 45 seconds to respond, jump ball to whoever on the team. Security. We have an unprecedented, and I hate to keep using that word, but we have an unprecedented risk of uh, uh, foreign uh, and, and other potential, even domestic bad actors wanting to meddle in things. 2016 and, and, and the investigations that followed showed us that is not a myth, that is a real thing with the uh, hacking that we're hearing uh, uh, of our COVID-related data in a very uh, uh, significant and, and almost bold-faced, one might argue, uh, manner from, from, uh, from foreign actors. Um, how concerned are you guys about that and how prepared is AP in making sure that their data feed doesn't get hacked and subject to this kind of activity? Well, uh, first of all, how concerned? Very. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you what we're going to do, what we have done, and what we'll continue to do about it. So it isn't just elections. AP is constantly worried about this sort of thing. Anytime you're in the information business, you can get hacked, put out something, and the market drops 250 points uh, at least, right? Uh, so we're, we're hypervigilant, you know, all the good, you know, security hygiene things that we go through. I mean, I can't get into to all of them, but that's really important, and I suggest everybody do that, just switching passwords, not, not sharing anything, not sharing passwords over email, all the typical stuff. I encourage everybody to do that in their personal and professional lives. But the other thing is, is with the actual results feeds themselves, um, that's an, an, an exceptionally backed up, very secure environment, but it's more of the input of the data that we're also concerned about that we're getting. And the fact that we're not single sourced in every single state, so we'll have a stringer, we'll have a state feed, we'll have looking at websites, looking at web scraping of websites. So we're looking at all those. And if one of those is really out of whack, we know we might have a potential problem. So that's the other thing. So number one, we spend a lot of time and energy trying to hack ourselves to see where we're vulnerable and constantly do that as a company. And then second, uh, we really, really look very closely at the feeds we're getting in and verify them. That level of verification is also a level of security. Fantastic. Well, gentlemen, this has been an absolutely wonderful panel. Um, we have a lot of audience questions that have come in, unfortunately, 
You know, we probably could have had a, an hour on this and still not gotten to all of my questions and the audience's questions and a hundred plus years of knowledge and experience in journalism in this business, boy, that is impressive stuff. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of interest from the audience in learning more about VoteCast, VoteCount, and the related AP products. And I wanna thank the three of you for joining us. And as always, I wanna thank the Battlefin family, the global Battlefin community for tuning in, for continuing to support our webinar series coming to you every month now uh, during this pandemic environment. Looking forward to getting back to seeing you in person live as soon as possible, when it's safe. Thank you so much. We'll see you again soon. Tim, I'm going to turn it back to you. Great. Thanks, Mark. And thanks to the AP guys. That was fascinating. Thank you for watching. Don't forget, the data providers that you've just seen are ready and waiting to meet with you via Battlefin Connect. Visit battlefin.com for more details. And stay tuned for details about our next event.